February 28, 2015, is the Watt from Pedro Show. Selection 6, take 1. Mood to false start when John Coltrane with Thelonious Monk, and then our guest. I gotta tell you, yes, yeah. right ahead of time, brother Matt. This band was huge influence of Minuteman. I don't even know what the Minuteman would sound like without this band. Uh, their sound, the, their presence, their uh, whole fucking deal, yeah. man. We were way into it, and I mean, we were so idiots that we lost one of their verses, lost one of the words to the title, <laughs> but. Finally, now I can make it up, maybe by giving them due. Uh, and they got a brand new album. It's uh, Kevin and Jonathan Reynolds. Hey there, Hey, uh, hey. Thank you. Through Rocket to the Moon, the new album. Uh, uh, next year at Marine and Bad, which is coming up on May Day, because I guess maybe last year you did this. And this is on Happy Squid. Yes, it is. Which is my first urinal records. The Keats, where we first. Well, actually, we heard Meat Puppets on the Monitor record. For some reason, this band put another band in their album. Really? Yeah, they don't play on it either. Actually, it happened to me and Petra. But they had us do one of their songs, but none of the dudes in the band played on the song. <laughs> and that's the me. It's is it hair or yeah, it's hair. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. just comes out and you go. Yeah, Monica goes wrote back it. to Mont. They wrote. Oh, so okay. And so they it's gave the it to same me. Thing as us. Yeah. Okay. Ours was called Floating. It's brilliant. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then the next time I heard them was Helen. H. Helen. H. Eleanor. H. Eleanor. Yeah, on Kate. On off, Keats. Off the Keats, which is about you enlightening me, Kevin, with <laughs> the fucking fish jumping out of the bowl. Because they have this trippy album cover. But if he explains it to you, it makes total sense. It's a fish jumping out of the bowl and accidentally killing himself. Uh, you like rode the Harley, you know? Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who else would name this fish Keats? But, okay. <laughs> well, the name of the fish was. Keats rides a Harley. Yeah, the full name. Oh, of the, the full name. I thought yeah. it was just Keats and Keats yeah. rode the Harley. No, no, that was the name of the film. <laughs> See how you fuck up things <laughs> years ago. Let's get to the music thing. Who's going to go first? 
JB4K? Yeah. Okay, so K first. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, So the the question is... So your very earliest... Perry Como. Uh, musical. Uh, yeah, turn the leashes off. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did. Sorry about Mine that. Mine goes on. Mine plays Coltrane. Music. Unless it's Ig. So it's part of the show. If it's Ig, Lord, you know what to do with that. <laughs> All hands on deck at that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, whoa! Grab that motherfucker. Um, you were in Texas, right? Uh, no, I was not. I was... I'm military. Yeah. So I so grew up... a bunch up, of paths like me. Yeah. So I think I first became aware of, like popular music that resonated with me when I was uh, living in Germany and uh, in six Heidelberg okay the hospital town still uh, is they do the Middle East that's the only part of the yeah. old thing left although I don't know that that's still open anymore that's the only thing that is they closed all the other stuff yeah and then they uh, met a back people you know, I went back there in 2009 and uh, looked at the places that we lived there, and they were they were still there, but um, the bases have been turned over to Germany at this point, and I don't yeah, think they're there anymore. They've probably been bulldozed. There's a big schloss there. I remember that. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, up on the side of the hill. Absolutely. They got a lot of them over there, don't they? Okay, so Germany, what do they eat? Oh, uh, this is sixth grade. and uh, What's that, about Matt 12, 11? Yeah. That's your first musical memory? Well, it's my first... Oh, that you could relate to. That resonated with me. That resonated. And you were like a fucking bamboo. And it was Sgt. Pepper. It had just come out. And uh, I thought you said Perry Como. No, well, Perry Como was earlier, but that's my first musical memory is Perry okay. Como. Or Perry maybe, Como. maybe you remember even... remember what he was saying? Uh, we had an album of... <laughs> So it's your parents. Yes. So your parents turn you out. Yeah, but that's, that's always the case, right? A lot of times... Whatever's lying around. Dude, I had a drummer from... Stephen from uh, Flaming Lips. This dude was six years old playing in his daddy's country band. It's not all the same. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> okay. So. Well, I had, I had no uh, idea that I would ever be a musician or whatever it is I am sure, now. Sure. You know, it just was not on the radar. But I was, I really appreciated pop music and, uh, you know, I got involved that way. Our, my sixth grade teacher brought it in and made the entire class listen to both sides silently. Beatles. Yeah, in sixth grade. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was your Department of Defense dollars at work, right? There. Yeah, 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 I got a lot of education that way. Yeah, you know those were trippy times. This was sixties, and uh, uh, God, I remember none not wearing a habit. Oh yeah, when they switched and the guitar and yeah. doing English. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean there was all kinds of weird. Yeah, I went to Catholic school and that stuff. And when we the last uh, edition now it's uh, Marina, but that was Fort MacArthur uh, Lower Reservation. Mm-hmm. And we rented out. Well, we didn't. But our buddy Mark Weisswasser did, and the roof was all painted psychedelic. This isn't a soldier fucking. Is there tripping? Oh yeah. So okay, so they turn you. That's your first turn on. Is, is, is yeah. I mean, you know, there was stuff around the house. There was Ray Conniff. There was Johnny Man Singers. There was all sorts Are of. Are your e- parents musicians? Easy listening stuff. No, no. They're just um, listeners. My mom's a dancer. My dad did some theater. So you know, we had. Some um, yeah. yeah. We had some performance in our blood. I think. So, what was the first record you bought that wasn't foisted on you by a teacher? Uh, it was probably oh, yes. the, their Satanic Majesty's request. Love Stones. I love that one. Yeah, it's I one do my too. Favorite ones. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> and it's okay. it's the only one in their entire catalog that sounds like that. It's trippy. And I think it was an answer to that one got foisted on you. Absolutely. And that was supposedly an answer to the Piper at the 
Gates of Dawn. But I was just somebody I think else that's later. They were thinking of that one people don't know about small faces. Oh, flake, golden flake. Yeah, I tried to listen to that record. It's really a tough slog. I don't get it. But also, the Who had the sellout. I think everybody was tripping on this kind of idea. Absolutely. No, yeah. this is a moment where music just exploded. Where anything was available, anything was on the table. And where did you buy this record? At the PX. And you were still in Germany. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's when I started. I mean, I was buying a lot of stuff. I yeah, really. That's when we had Long Beach. Yeah, yeah. That's where I got all. Got the chow at the commissary, and then you know, toilet mm. paper and stuff. And shit, PX. And the you know, PX. The records were like two dollars and fifty. Oh cents. yeah, and no tax. No tax. Did you have the flesh color ID? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had it still. Yeah, no shit. And the thing on the bumper of the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, what about actually? Put your hands on an instrument. That wasn't until... Uh, That's urinal time? So uh, wait on that. The year before I moved to Los Angeles, I had been living in San Antonio. I moved to... Northern- See, there is a Texas part. There is a Texas part. People, I got turned on years ago to the fact that John actually lived with the Hunsanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was my roommate. Fantastic. Now, I don't know if a lot of people know the Huns, but this was like a, a notorious band for its time. Right. Even the sleeve of the single is bigger than anybody else. <laughs> that was a deliberate thing on their part. <laughs> they wanted to make sure that their records stood out. So instead of like a 7x7, seven seven, it's like an 8x8. Eight eight yeah, it's a little bigger. And it's this weird painting. And then on the back's the dude with the Leif Erikson trip. Yeah. The guitar man, right? And you told me the singer evolved into another... Incarnation after that. Yeah. Well, he, he got born again, and and uh, so what about when you were in, in San Antonio? You, you're buying records too. Is this high school time? It was it was hard to find good records in San Antonio. Yeah, and pr- there was nothing to listen to on the radio, so yeah. I primarily just read about records. I got Phonograph Record Magazine, Phonograph. And Cream, and stuff Cream, like that, yeah. and I'd read about all these That's records, true. and then I'd have to special order them from the local record shops. Mail order. Well, they well, would special order. special order them, and they'd come in. And, and what about gigs? Uh, I think the first gig I saw was Yes in San Antonio. Yeah, <laughs> with uh, Poco. Remember Poco? That was uh, uh, Maester from the Eagles when he quit the basement. Right. And Tret Fury. <laughs> <laughs> Although I won a big bet on some country rock with a huge tour manager once. He couldn't believe that Joe Walsh was Hotel California, but yeah, he had already left the James Gang people. <laughs> I was talking about James Gang yesterday. He made a, Joe Walsh made an album with John Ellison called Got Any Gum. Because Dirk had a sticker, Billy Likes Gum in the window. And that was like the fucking code word for Where's the Chocho? Huh. So they called the album that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he cut the girl off him you know, when he died. Joe's still with us. I, you know, I tried my best to avoid any kind of country music, country rock. But you like yes? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. But don't tell anyone. Yeah, right. Don't put it on record. No, I wouldn't have any credibility. So when did you come to SoCal? It's the year before you, you meet these guys? Uh, 77 is when I came to yeah. L.A. So maybe it's the same year. And then, um, well, we started playing, I think, spring of 78 or something. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, September of 77, we both came down for school to UCLA. Okay. So we'll get up to that point. Uh, but who was like influence? Were you thinking of playing? No, was it a punk movement? Yeah, it was a punk like, movement. When you were going to those yes gigs, were you thinking, you know what? No, no, no. Wait a minute, step aside because I'm going to get up there and fucking. 
Punk didn't Jerry exist. Lewis on that mountain. Punk didn't exist at that point. Yeah, I know, I know. So, to, like me and Dean Boone, we played with each other. We jammed together in the bedroom, right? But never thought you could play gigs because arena rock. Yeah. And when the punk movement came, wow, they're doing it. Yeah. Whole, everything shifts. See, ours was just the opposite. It was like, oh, well, we've got it. There's a talent show coming up. Let's put a band together and do it and do a performance. This is this is. Uh, and and we'd not been playing yeah. together or you anything. Didn't copy all them blue oyster cults and cream socks. Uh, no, no, we couldn't. We didn't have the. <laughs> no, I know that. Yeah. But you're <laughs> fucking heroes. <laughs> okay, now let's get to it, though. Uh, let, let's play some music. Okay. Yeah. 
Imagine me driving around the world. Imagine me kissing all the girls. Oh, 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 oh. Down in the mud, imagine me taking all the drugs. Oh, 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 oh,
Don't watch you around. 
the flow when fate wills it. When you and I are ready, the message will come. Eager acceptance.
Uh, urinals, President King shakes hands, starting us off. Your dicks with Dr. Daddy. I just did a song for the documentary, Shit On Me. I was on my answer machine for years for uh, Mr. Spot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Right. Daddy's gone, seven the raw dicks. That's out of Lyon. Dicks were out of Amarillo, but I think Gary started out in Arkansas. That man, we love that man. There's, you know, to be a Texas punk band in those days. Balls out. Oh, yeah. Big boys. Um, Bernays propaganda with Suvash Se Oti Stoste Kuvat. They're from uh, Skopje, Macedonia. Hooskers, all test up. You boom for that first out. Black flag passed it on us. Thought it was real fast, blue oyster. <laughs> Go team, brand new. What did he say? Are we in California? Petra, she just did a, Petra Hayden did a soundtrack. It's called Dog Bowl. Hmm. Ladies having, a young woman's having trouble with her life, and then she, uh, it's called a, some kind of dog that helps you. Service dog. Mm-hmm. Service so dog. she puts on the vest and her whole life changed. I ain't seen the vest with that, so she did all the same. Gigi Baird, um, Pusan, do an outsider on the outside. Aka Ao Shiro Kiro, brother, sister's daughter. That's me, Mr. Shimmy, and uh, Zuko had her birthday. Uh-huh. And success on her cancer cutting out. Thing. Beautiful. And then finally, close our eyes, urinals. Brand new album. Uh, now, we've heard John give his uh, story of his early uh, music youth journey. Now, Kevin's turn. <laughs> What's your first music uh, memory that you have? still have well in our family it was kind of probably people singing badly happy birthday because my family is notorious for being tone deaf sour ass oh my god it just it's the sphincter it really it's really I mean I try to explain to people when I bring them I bring them over and it's like there's gonna be there might be singing if you don't 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 expect to be able to stand it and and they're like, oh, nobody, everybody can sing. It's not, it can't be that bad. And then I watch their expression on their face when we start singing, and it's, happy birthday. And they're like, you're right, it really is. So cool. you were punk rock before there was punk rock. Kind of, kind of. But we were, it was, my, it was a very conventional family growing up, uh, middle class. Let her need my, you know, <laughs> respect uh, <laughs> LLAP. That's right. You can't see my hands, but I'm doing that fucking. Uh, You're doing a fine job. Thing. You've been practicing. Uh, but have you heard him do Creedence? No. Because no. he's torn. He don't know whether to go with Fogarty and his fucking love of Howlin' Wolf and say Boynton, or do we go with Burn? Well, he's got to. He's got to go with what he's comfortable. He both. No, he does both. You gotta listen to it. I think I flowed to the lid. Check it out. All right. It's better than the Bilbo Baggins song. Yeah. God damn. Okay, so your first musical experience is singing with the folks. Yeah, and not. Where is this at? Uh, Northern California, Concord, Concord in Oakland. Okay. Sure, sure. Uh, East Bay. Yeah. And uh, so there, were, I mean, there was music in the house. Like early sixties, like fifties. Uh, early sixties. Okay. The JFK time. Yeah. Okay. Marilyn Monroe time. My sister being that. Really? Who she was born? I mean, fuck. Who would do shit like that? Pop it up. So. Guys, your first music thing is singing together. And we had, like, we had the Mitch Miller album. So you're, you're listening to your parents' albums. Yeah. When you buy your first record. Uh, I'm pretty, you have buddies who, like, play. Because that's another big thing. Some dude, an older brother or I a had, friend, yeah. turns you on to their. 
Yeah, my brother, who was, he's 10 years older than me, so he was, like, he was into the Stones and the Beatles and the, uh, all that, and, because he left, he went to, he got drafted in 68, so he went off to Vietnam, so then he left all his records there, so it was just like, and I was in his room then, right. I moved into his room, and... You know what's another one? The library. There's a lot of dudes, they heard a lot of shit through the library. Yeah, I never did that. Yeah, me either. <laughs> dudes on the show talked about it. They check out shit. Yeah, yeah, that's Okay, true. but you had your bro's stuff. Man. Yeah. What a gift he gave. Yeah. Hey. John. Hey, John, thank you much. Really grateful. And so start checking out his records. He's into Stones. And right. Trippy ass rock and roll. Yeah, definitely. And all the, uh, any drug related stuff, he was into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that was, so there was that. But then I think when I, you know, when I started listening to AM radio and stuff, I got into the whole. Like in high school, I I was into. You, you built the appreciation he was talking about. Uh, differently, I started with pop music, and so I was like the Eagles. I was buying Eagles records. I was listening to Peter Frampton. They were huge. Come alive. Uh, yeah. Actually, you know what band he was in before that? Great man, Humble Pie. Uh-huh. Remember that Small Faces guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how he started? Oliver. And Robert Plant admits that he took his. Peter Frampton started with all. No, he was being married. Frampton was a mouse, but he was good. He's better than Clem Clems, in my opinion. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, I'm with your story. <laughs> so in so high Frampton, I remember he had a time where he was huge. He yeah, was yeah. in Nashville now. So, uh, yeah, what was uh, music? Was it heavy in your school? Like who liked what? It was. It was definitely yeah. There because there was the stoner. There was a because I just did a lot of theater in high school, so I was uh, there was the musical theater kind of people who were into more Bob Fosse, yeah, kind of, but I mean the, the yeah the theater theater music. Although there and there was the whole a Grateful Dead kind of contingent. There was the Bruce Springsteen contingent. I remember I took a film class and we had to make a short film and the in high school yeah. Bitch. The, the only thing that anybody got there was like this massive fight at the end it's like for the soundtrack there was the, it has to be Bruce Springsteen and then it has to be Grateful Dead and I, I didn't like either oh NorCal you're up NorCal yeah. yeah so it's just like but that was just like ones. I was going to blows over that people were just like this okay. is no, absolutely not we will not do that <laughs> and I was like I didn't really care about either band so I was like I don't I can't you know but yeah, so I mean, you know, it was like Day on the Greens. It was going to these giant mega shows. Yeah, concerts, arena rock. Yeah, I mean, I remember the first time I went to a small club was to see Elvin Bishop in San Francisco. Uh, I, I never been to a club till pump. My first gig is T Rex right across yeah. the auditorium. It was that was, going to a small club was like it really Much had that different. kind of you know that energy. It was really cool. So I remember. Did you hold around the club? club? Yeah, only arena rock, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not until much later. Yeah, I didn't go until pump. I never, even, even though I was only thirty miles south of Hollywood, I didn't know. No, it hadn't occurred to me. But just, yeah, the, you could do that. Now with the one hundred twenty-five months with the Stooges, I found out the sixties was all about clubs. What happened was that shit got mowed in the name of Nuremberg rallies and arena. Rally. Right, right. It just got mowed, and that's what we're used to. We grew up with that's that. That's funny. That, uh, we three totally share the same because we're out of the same years. Yeah, so exactly the same. Okay, so you graduate high, high school, both of you, and you go to college, you end up going to the same college, yeah. UCLA, which is in Westwood here in SoCal. Yeah. Uh, and there's a talent show. 
Yeah, I mean, John, we'd started to... I was not into punk rock at all, and so... But John and I became friends, and he was so... We were listening to music, and his... What, you his like room, in the dorm? Yeah, in the dorms. And you're sharing? And so... Down the hall. Down the hall. Yeah. We... You know, like you don't check out the weird dude. Was it like that? Like kind of. <laughs> I mean, because when I went to college, I didn't hide all that shit. All them square jobs at Long Beach State and Harvard College. It segregates you know, pretty quickly. Harvard, Screw them, man. Yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. I just hid this shit. It is dumb. I wore my high school clothes, which is flannels and Levi. At first, I painted my clothes, but man, they gave me so much shit. So I was wondering. I've heard about people they would look for the weird dudes, yeah. and they could relate to. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. how it was. You sort of find people with a similar mentality. I find one motherfucker. Oh uh, well. But on the way there was a record store called Zeta London's. Michael oh, yeah. Zed and his mom. He, they had an import with the hippie records, uh, Klaus Schulze and the you know, freaky shit. And so when the punk thing came, they had it right there. They could get all that. We didn't know what these bands. We would buy them the, the, the. They were two dollars a single. So the way the cover looked or the band. Right. The exactly. Because <laughs> no one wrote about this shit. Yeah. I mean, Colored vinyl. Whoa. And it wasn't you know two bucks and it was lame. Usually it wasn't because you know if you only got two songs you ain't gonna put like filler. Yeah. <laughs> Zed was a great store. So uh, uh, he likes to pump. And he found out about it through the cream. Oh, uh, how did I find out about it? I, I guess, know. What's you know, actually, uh, Phil Tolstead, the Huns singer. Yeah. Uh, when we were... Oh, yeah, because you're in Texas. We were in high school together, and uh, the Ramones' first album came out, and he bought it. And he lent it to me. And I couldn't figure out what the hell I was listening to. <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me at all. But after a while, you start to get the aesthetic. You know, it started to make sense. And so... So you imported this from Texas in... Uh Got this. Uh, yeah, Kevin Owen. Uh, Ke- my first, the first passage. My first record he bought for me, punk rock record, was the Ramones. Which one? Rocket to Ruin. Rocket to Russia. Rocket to Russia. Yeah, I think it was that one. The third one. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I thought they were their own music. They and were. You know, all those England guys were copying those dudes. They were. I had no idea. And you know that story about the Saints, right? Uh, when they, heard first, when they first heard the Ramones album, they said, someone else is thinking along the same lines we are? You know, they were the astonished. sounds like Ramones, yeah. Yeah, it pretty much does. Radio Birdman. Remember that band? Oh, they were great. That's them fucking up the 1970 lyrics. Mm-hmm. The Stooges, Radio Birdman up above, they thought it was Radio Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me while I kiss this guy. <laughs> hey, there's a bathroom on the right. Okay. Talent show. Because you're infected, he's infected you with the records. Right, and so then it just became like, because then it, it was so clear that it was not about, that it was what you what you brought to it as an individual, yeah. what you brought to the music, and yeah. there was no, there was no barriers, there was no like gatekeepers. You could no, just... A priori. Yeah, you just, if you, if you wanted to do it, you did it, and yeah, that was, yeah. so it was like, Here's an option of, for us to play. Okay, so I guess we're going to start a band. All right, we'll have a band. Okay, who's going to play what? <laughs> yeah. What are you going to play? I want. I want to play. See the idea of the band. The, you guys are probably the first dudes on the show that started a band without anybody playing anything. Yeah. Although, <laughs> Barry Floyd told me about fake bands and that song they got on that Live Up Rowls. Mm-hmm. You would actually start your band and make flyers, even though you never did a prac or wrote a song, because that would like shame everybody into fucking getting it together. Yeah, but they probably knew how to play instruments. 
Uh, not really. He said no. Oh, no, is that I right? He said fake fans were totally. You made flyers up. That's great. And eventually, that would like you know we gotta owe up to this. And like, <laughs> you gotta come through. That's what he told me. I, I thought it was balls out. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, who's gonna pick what so, to play? So it was like, well, we. Oh, and and then and Cal. He's not here, but there's a third dude, and he's in the in the drum down the hall. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, down the hall. So you three guys, why'd you just keep it at three? We didn't. We had a five. It was a five piece. Because we wow. we had to. Well, my roommate at the time actually played guitar, so he had the leg up. He so he was like, we we thought we needed at least one person who could do something, and then we had to have a singer because none of us could play and sing at the same time. <laughs> so That's and because right. I mean, and then we had to get so then we had to get instruments. So I had to yeah, I had to go to the toy you, store how and how get. Did you pick? I picked the bass because I figured it would be easier than the guitar. And I didn't. So you actually picked the bass. I picked the bass. Steve told me this thing where he heard that you guys fucking drew straws, <laughs> and you ended up with the bass. No, no, I don't want the bass. Well, I kind of like that idea because he is my put me on. Well, so I, when think, I heard that a dude got on the bass because he picked the fucking short straw. I thought that was. Yeah. I didn't want to do. <laughs> I didn't want to do the guitar because that looked like it took too much. Yeah. Thinking, you know, it requires all five yeah, of your that's fingers. First time I've ever heard that. Forget I've, that. I've never heard anybody tell me that. <laughs> no, this mean, is a why is it four? Why is it just fucking one big right? hose? Yeah, yeah. You're fucking. So I figure well, I can do one string at a one time. One time I played on the LSD, I thought my bass turned into a giant toothpaste tube, and that was just squeeze it off. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like one string, sort of. And why did you pick the? Dr- I know they were kidding. I got that part right. Well, I, I think I was. I, I originally, I think I said I wanted to play the keyboards, and I don't have any reason why. I don't know why I said that. But then it was like, no, 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 no. One, you're tone deaf, so you wouldn't be able to know what you're doing. And so, and we need a drummer, so you have. So you're gonna you have to play the drums. It's like okay. Yeah, I think he was enforced. Oh. Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. That was more of a short straw thing, but I, I think okay. I, I'm perfectly suited for. And then what's left is the guitar. That's how Kel got on there. Yeah. Well, Kel was on keyboards. Because my yeah first. Because we had got two other guys. Okay. So you get all the. T- you have to write tunes. Or mm-hmm. did you we copy? wrote. We wrote like three songs. Okay. And then we did two covers. We did yeah. the Jessens theme, I think. And this is the modern world. This is the modern world by the Jam. The Jam. Yeah. So it was, it was a set of four songs. Did you see that whiskey gig? They had the little black suits. No, I saw him at the Starwood. Starwood, I saw him. Yeah, this guy's dad like introduced him. Yeah, he was the manager. You know, I ran into Paul Weller at um, two, two years ago. I said I saw you in '77 at the whiskey. He says that place still around. I said, yeah, pay to play. Yeah, said, that not really around. Yeah, his band was kind of, but you know, he sang good and everybody could play. But it was like kind of tired. There was no, nothing like that. The energy. Right? D Boom had the, the we had the record with the, the bathroom in the right yeah the first one yeah in the city that was good it yeah. sounds like who or something yeah right so very, very okay wrong. so you do three what are the were the three original songs it's two original songs well uh, yeah was it was it uh, what was it? Uh, you pissed me off you or was that what was, that was released for a while right no we've never put that stuff out was it one song is this on a compilation and I thought one of the songs from the not from the five piece show. No, once we went down. Oh, the maybe there's a UCLA sh- song though. There's a couple on negative capability. Is it you? No, you is no. no that's that later. later. You pissed me off. Is there's a live version of that? You pissed me off and don't make me make kill me again. Kill again appeared on negative capability. That's from our first show as a three piece. Okay, but the four songs we did as a five piece 
have never been released. Now, now what was the, that's you guys' first time ever playing in front. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. What was it like? Um, liberating. I mean, it was really a lot of fun. We got a huge response. People got it. They were amused by it. It was really ragged. We didn't really know what we were doing. Yeah. Oh no, not at all. I'm sure we. But we, it was. It was an assault. We botched every start and every end of every song we but played. It was called clams. But it was like performance <laughs> art in a sense. Yeah. You know? It was. We made an impact. And that, that's what the whole point of this. And you got the was. ball rolling. Yeah, exactly. Were you called urinals? Yeah. How'd you get the name? Um, we decided we wanted something really juvenile and kind of borderline offensive. Uh, to get people's attention. Nothing to do with Marcel Duchamp. I had so many motherfuckers tell me that. Yeah, I know. And I knew it was. That's a very convenient um, after the fact, after the fact sort of situation. I mean, you know, it kind of makes sense because we, we were doing Gaga. Smear you like art rock and shit. I yeah. remember those days. Uh, all these lines. I always remember that band, uh, the Duff guy, the tons of poses bass. It was called Fuck Art. Let's fart, and they had the Anarchy A on the. Or farts, of course, A R T Z. So that's what I thought that shit was. Uh, but right after that first kid, you got tossed the other two dudes. They left. Oh, they left. Yeah, it was. They they definitely saw it as something that they didn't take. They were. Well, like, Steve was really frustrated because he was a real musician. He knew how to play guitar, and he just thought, "I'm cutting." In these those days, people, that was a big point. Now, yeah. Nowadays, nowadays people have so much slack and so much tolerance. Yeah. In those days. Oh no, he was not having it. When I put Richard Hill on my bass. Oh my god! Every dude who could play in this town hated me. I knew it was going to be somebody like you. <laughs> <laughs> so after a while, I was like, okay, it's me. Yeah. I'm the asshole. I'm the but, traitor. You know, this just shows that there's a variety of different ways to express yourself musically. You don't have to be a musician know, in order to do this. Those days, the mentality of those days was so dickhead. It's hard to explain to people no, was, how much different it is now. And this really broke down the doors, I think. Yeah. So, your trio, what's the next gig? Uh, the next gig was uh, Halloween 1978. Fourth floor study lounge. So still school at yeah. Dijkstra, yeah, at the at the dorm. Sure. And uh, each each floor, there were ten floors in this dorm. Each one was doing a different thing. And Halloween we were, activity. Yeah. We were representing the fourth floor, and we just we had a smoke machine, right? There was a smoke machine. Like that New York uh, City called Danceteria. They had yeah, yeah, floors exactly. and things. So Kel and I were playing through the same amplifier. We couldn't afford yeah. more than one. So. Well, I heard you recorded the first record that way. Yeah. yeah. And we just turned it all the way up yeah, and made as much noise as possible. Plugged the microphone also into it. <laughs> Katie told me once when she went to look on the stage, when drums were playing, she looked at Lorna's settings. Like, every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's exactly, the, exactly the way to do it. That's how you do it. Just roll them all off. And Kevin you know was playing. Really hated was Pat. In the bags with the fingernails. Yeah, how you play the fucking bass with fingernails? Like, you know, Katie, she's like... Hardcore. Yeah. You gotta fuck her play with nails like that. So we couldn't afford a real drum kit. Kevin sure, was sure. Yeah. He's playing a kitty set with like yeah. plastic hands yeah. like yeah. paper heads. Plastic like plastic. Okay. held with spring. So it was like a little a notch up. Yeah. It was like twenty five spent like thirty dollars. <laughs> we were on tour and we saw a little kitty set. We we're gonna try to get our little urinal thing. Yeah. It had paper. And D Boom was like, you know what? I think I think they splurged a little. Yeah, no, yeah, because it was not. It's like fucking oatmeal, you know, Quaker oats. Right. <laughs> okay, so you're playing in the same amp, little kitty drums, but this gig is a success too. In fact, this is the first three piece gig. Yeah. So this sets the fucking. The, the and Vetus was there. Vetus was Vetus from the, Vetus, the last. He's the organ man of the last. I saw him around that time. 
because they had a bomb show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Song yeah, the nerves. That's right. Yeah, he had to tune his brother's bass. I thought that was. I never saw that arena up. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he ran up the stage without forgetting to unplug the guitars of the fucking amp. Ooh. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> it's not good. So it was around that time, and Venus, uh, we're getting the end of the first time, but Venus is very important because he co- becomes the Urinal's producer. That's yeah, he, he convinced us to record. And we were like, oh, wow, oh. that too. Yeah, because well, he has the four track. Yeah, because we, we had no we had no idea what was the next step, and he was like, you got to make a record. We're like, right. and that's the one with the little piece of film taped right. on the label. And look, we're at the end of the first hour, February 28, 2000. 15 Dish Walk, Peter Show, guest Kevin, John, Urinals, and Brother Matt, hold tight. For sight, for hour two. February 28, 2015, second hour of the Walk, Pedro Show.
the reader is urged to regard with welcoming alertness, welcoming any images of whatever sort may happen to arise in mind as the following chapter headings are read. Such images are the actual substance of the narrative proposed, and the text's only purpose is to solicit their arousal in the reader's mind. The images in your mind constitute the meat of what happened to me. So, your job. Chapter 1, Before I Was Young. Chapter 2, Becoming stricter in my inclinations, I explore angles of incidence. Chapter 3, I reflect on the sweet flavor of Habersheim's while remembering the clarinet. 4, Theory of Functions. 5. I discover that my handwriting is not harmonious with the scientific outlook, so resolve to take up Antarctic exploration. <laughs> Chapter 6. At the Mountains of Madness. Chapter 7. Six months at the court of the Penguin King. Chapter 8. Flightless Philosophies. Chapter 9. Home Again, Oil Shale, Investment Strategy. Chapter 10, Wedding Bells, Mayflies, June Bugs, Why Julia? Chapter 11, The Brand of Meliego Kindled Anew. Chapter 12, Scordato Water, We Take Up Chamber Music at Home, Smetana versus Brahms. Chapter 13, Julia's Pretty Ways, She Forgives Me. Chapter 14, First Lesions. Chapter 15, Leprosy Detected. <laughs> Chapter 16, Voluntary Exile of the Isle of Tortoises. Chapter 17, Offshore Oil, School for Workmen, First Newspaper. Chapter 18, Wealth and Knighthood, Kneeling Gratefully Before a Grateful Sovereign. Chapter 19, End of Adolescence. <laughs> Chapter 20, No More Violins, Cured. <laughs> Chapter 1, 21, Odysseus in search of his son. Chapter 22, I meet Claire, the lure of chastity. Chapter 23, the stone she gave me glows with a strange light, the assay. Chapter 24, what the critics had to say. Chapter 25, a dual decline, honorary doctorate, conversation in a churchyard. Chapter 26, I stand for public office, scandal. Chapter 27, first term in Congress, the school lunch bill. <laughs> chapter, chapter 28, Julia returns, Claire and Julia, the mountain lodge, they tame an eagle. Chapter 29, pregnant, but who? <laughs> chapter 30, death of the Pope, sudden summons, White smoke. Chapter 31, Among the Alps, my first rest cure, Dr. Sombrosu. Chapter 32, Julian, I try my hand at architecture. Chapter 33, The Cathedral at Tsuk, a letter from my great 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 grandfather is discovered, my true name. Chapter 34, The Limestone Quarry, the wrong elderberry, second rest cure. Chapter 35, The Tower Raised, Consecration. Chapter 36, I Free Europe. 
chapter 37, <laughs> election of one's sepulchre, taking the cowl. Chapter 38, revulsion, revisiting my childhood home at Saline Bay, despair. Chapter 39, elective surgery. <laughs> Chapter 40, hydrangeas on the hillsides, thrown by a horse. Chapter 41, around the world on the contrapuntus, well, I still can. Chapter 42, I resigned from my several offices and resolved to write the story of my life, learning to write. <laughs> Chapter 43, an expresses on nature. Chapter 44, I take leave of the patient reader. So this is the engineer, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we put tones on it. And our question was, is that going to cost us anything? Yeah. <laughs> Do we have to pay for that? stuff here for good people because that's what we're going to get into because Vetus uh, turned the urinals onto a whole new uh, perspective after their second gig that there's more to being in a band than just doing gigs. You can also uh, immortalize it. Uh, we start off the second hour with uh, Too Much or Not Enough urinals, brand new album. Then Lemon Limes after that, they're Bay Area. In fact, it's a cousin of one of the Zero Cats. Oh, cool. Elve, Robrero. Un Gran Incendé with Viva Bazooka. It's out of Portugal. It's a, what do you call that? A tribute comp to a music cat named Jose. He just passed away. That's terrible. I'll, I'll tell you next week. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> The Devil with My First Waltz. I think this guy who's playing guitar is now with Thurston. Yeah, he's, he lives in England now. He's, well, he's got Steve Shelley, but he's got two England guys. Or a lady. Robert Kelly with Trigonometry. You like poetry? Yeah. And then yeah. Urinals with This Love is Impossible. It's an older man, and his is almost like this one. So, <laughs> KG. 
Okay, so Vetus uh, turns on to this recorded thing. So we're just, uh, he's got a four track. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we thought he was crazy. Now, he had already recorded the last, right? That's She Don't Know Why. Yeah, and a bunch of some other singles as well. Um, the first three singles, I think, were all on the Doe Quarter before they did the album. And so, oh, yeah, the album. Well, that was. I had Joel Nopes here on the show and, and I heard all about that. I couldn't believe how that sounded so different. Yeah. That first single is bitching. Yeah. Well, you know, they went into a proper studio, Village Recorders, for that. Yeah, Santa Monica, I know. Yeah. yeah. With John Harrison. The engineers getting paid. Yeah. So, but not as far as the sound. The sound was like. Well, you know, those engineers didn't quite understand what, what they were working with, they didn't have the same aesthetic. Yeah, this, I mean, this guy had been an engineer for Fleetwood Mac, I yeah. think, right? And so that's where he was. The new cars. Anyway, I like the way what Vitas did with them. And then, now your experience, what was that like? You thought he was crazy. Where'd you do it? Did you come into your uh, dorm with the machine? <laughs> we, we went to. He lived in the pool house behind his parents, so we we recorded in the pool house, and so we still had just the one amp, the toy drum set, and the dough quarter was four track, but only three of them were working. Yeah. And of so we had, and there was two microphones. Yeah, one was kind of okay, and then the other one he had used to record underwater. So he had put, he'd covered the membrane with silicon, uh, something, resin, some, I think, resin or something, some surfboard, some surfboard shit, and oh, then surfboard, and then he, uh, so but to use it on land, he yeah. he picked he off the off. that yeah. stuff, but it didn't really, it was. So it sounded. Everything sounded really super tinny, and and they would they would start the recording. So you're like, okay, we're gonna do a new song. Okay, so they would take the two mics. They would put one mic on the amp and one mic on the drums, and we'd do a test. He'd say, "What do you mean on the drums? He's laying on your kick drum, or is it above you?" Uh, it was just like on a like on a stand, just okay. next it's to it. Yeah. And they would and they would say, "Oh well." They would take the good mic and they start the good mic on me, and then it would be like, "Oh, but the amp sounds really bad. We better switch." So they would switch. So I always had the, the shitty mic on the drum set, which is you know, it's a toy drum set. What is it going to sound like? But it sounds so it sounds like castanets on the the record, just like. <laughs> <laughs> it was a toy drum kit. It was a toy drum set. <laughs> but it was a medium well, actually, quality. There was a, there, you, you were speaking truth to power. <laughs> yeah. I think the vocals went through that right, thing too. Not. Yeah. Okay. Vocals. Well, that's I, like last day. He's a man on earth. Yeah, yeah. Hologram. I guess there's a huge vocal part in Shaw too. But <laughs> you would be that? able to hear it. Who counted that? I counted off. Did I count it off? Kevin counted. Kevin counted off. So you have the vocal. Yeah. Okay. And then what was the other one? Dead flowers. Yeah. And uh, were these just written before the recording, or were they in the repertoire? No, we'd been. We we would work them up. I think they were probably all played that first night. We played as a three piece. So they were kind of known. Uh, Shaw, I wrote when I was still in Northern California. So it was my first proper songwriting experience, but we didn't actually, it didn't get performed until the band formed. But that was, uh, I, I picked up a $2 acoustic guitar that had three strings on it at the local Salvation That's why it's got the chord. Yeah. The drone string. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't know what to do with it, so I just left it open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's TDI. Works for That's me. Bobby Shankar, a lot of open ones with that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I was listening to Terry you know, Riley. You watch stuff. a stand-up guy; he's using open notes like a motherfucker. Huh? I said, Mr. Ray Brown, 
systemic B, they use open notes and fuck pricks with their positions. <laughs> okay, so how long did that recording session take? Oh, it was all one afternoon, right? Yeah, it was one day. Yeah. I mean, there was, I'm sure we did one or two takes. Because you can't do overdubs. Can't do overdubs, and I couldn't play the songs more than once or twice without getting exhausted. Well, we so. had that. We did have that third. I think we did an overdub or two here and there. On that one? Yeah. Oh, because there's the vocals and there's two tracks. The vocals, right? They were overdubbed, right? Because there's You're no way on earth that uh, singing thing was still. Yeah, tough. it was tough. <laughs> still is. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just have to like force it on you, and after a while, you just don't think. It about requires it. way too much concentration. <laughs> no, I, I literally have to learn how to forget that I'm doing it because if, you, if you're aware of. Yeah. You keep doing prax, you can force it on yourself. Your brain is split. It's doing two different things at the same time, yeah. and you have to train it. Well, think about the head and pissing in your heartbeat. I mean, it should happen. Well, you don't have to think about your heartbeat. You just let it. There, there must be some part. Oh, yeah, somewhere in there, but it's not conscious. And there must be some part of that pissing that ain't so voluntary either. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> but I, I think I use the same technique as you, though. That's just like you can do it after. Just a while. get out of you. I mean, don't think that you're because that was like the whole thing about using really hard my foot oh, and hi hat and, 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 and yeah. two different legs and two different arms doing yeah. t- different things. It was like if I thought about it, it would just all Fuck fall it. apart. If I just force it, do it, and okay, so uh, get the thing recorded. Now it's time to put it out. Yeah. So we each put in fifty dollars, twenty five dollars, something, something enormous. We had to like it was like, yeah, I mean it was like some money, it was yeah, some money. Yeah. It was like fifty, Chicago. sixty bucks. And we, uh, Vetus had done this before with yeah, the thank God, we would have never singles. That's so, right, backlash. That's so what he that, helped that, us that out. Last single is yes, backlash. it's exactly right. So he'd been through this a few times, and right. so he he sort of shepherded us through the process. Is he going to UCLA? Is that how he? He went to UCLA. He got he had like. I know he was an architect or some shit, right? Well, he got two degrees, one in like nuclear engineering and one another, some like engineering degree. Okay. Master. But that's where he met you guys, was at the school. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. He, he's kind of your lab rat, but he's also a guy who's been around, so it helps you out. Yeah. 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 I mean, but you know, just though, here's not where on you. Backlash. It's on Happy Squid. Right, we did it ourselves. So, yeah, so let, I mean, how'd that idea come? Part of the whole movement, you saw other people making their own labels. Yeah, and we figured there's no point in shopping. Did shop, you guys do Slash on the flip side? Um, no, I think we were aware of Slash. Maybe flip side, we probably weren't aware of at that point. You know, we UCLA was very um, isolated. Isolated. Yeah. It was away from popular culture. It was away. Rhino was down the street. It was too far. Wow. <laughs> it really. If you really, when you're on campus, sure, 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 sure. Because it took. Long time before we got off campus for shows. I mean, it was just, and no one took us seriously for a long time. No, I'm trying to uh, make in my mind how you got the idea for Happy Squid. Kel came up with the title, the, the label name. No, but, but you know, you're oh, label. putting it out. We was we it just, for Beatus in the back? He said, "Yeah, you can do this yourself. It's not a big deal." Uh, he was willing to show us, and we thought, no one's going to want this. We better do it ourselves. Yeah. And it'll happen faster that way. And indeed, that's what happened. So then we, we had 200 copies pressed up, and we stuffed them ourselves. And They were in sacks. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we and had. The yellow thing with the chain link fence or something. Yeah. Shit. I don't know. 
who's a... That was Tim... Tim Clint? What's the guy who lived with the lady in New Mexico? Yeah, George, George O'Keefe and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stiglitz. Yeah, who's the Stiglitz that did that album cover? <laughs> no, that's this this was Tim Quinn from Neef who took that picture. That's incredible. So he's a friend of ours. What is this? Just a fence? Yeah. It's yeah. a broken it's down a, fence. A wall. a wall. It's a wall? I thought it was chain link It's fence. a wall with, um, with some fen- uh, fence on the top of it, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to say because um, <laughs> when we took it in to get processed by the duplicator it wasn't properly screened because that would have cost an extra three bucks or something <laughs> so you can, it's very high contrast yeah in those well. days people you went to a printers you'd have to get like half tones and yeah shit. exactly yeah. right and we didn't want to spring for that yeah yeah we did that shit too <laughs> <laughs> so now you can't tell what it is unfortunately and and you know the back cover is just yeah, yeah. impossible to read what was that it's it's just a collage of pictures of us playing but you can't tell. Yeah, never knew what to tell. There's no way to tell. Okay. okay, so you got these 200 records. You sell them at the gigs, or do you go to the store? No, we're putting them on consignment. So we're going around to Rhino and. Uh, so you make the big journey to Rhino. And Zed. Zed. Poobah. Poobah, yeah. Uh, and then so once a month we would circulate well, around. and Joseph. Uh, yeah, yeah, Vinyl Fetish. That was a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were really skeptical when I walked in the door. I think with the <laughs> second or third single. But Craig Lee happened to be there at that moment. He said, yeah. oh, these guys are cool. Go ahead and take their record on consignment. And they did. So. Craig Lee got Minutemen in L.A. Times. He was, he he, was he, a great he supporter. He helped a lot of cats. He helped us out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy, man. He really was. And uh, the bags were fantastic, too. Yeah, I remember one Richard Meltzer show. Remember Hubcats from Hell? Did you guys listen to that? We were on that once. That's right. I heard you guys. Yeah. But I heard him on there, too. And people were calling up so mean. <laughs> to Craig Lee? Yeah, you what? know, scene had a little bit of, well, probably all scenes have some vicious uh, Oh, yeah, I guess that's dudes. true. When he had Kale on, all the dudes calling up. There was some village on there. That's interesting. Yeah. Surprising. So this is what you do. Do, 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 do you start, so you didn't do the fanzines, ads, and that stuff until later. Later. I know you did later, but okay. We didn't know what we were doing. Sure, sure, sure. I, I'm just curious. Then we went back and we repressed it. And yeah, right. And then we got distribution through Bomb. No, Bomb? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was our first distributor. Greg uh, Shaw. Shaw. Mm-hmm. Brother Matt, we got a segment of the show now we're going to go to called The Spin Cycle. Brother Matt's going to lay some fucking beats on us. There's three fucking verses in this song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brother Matt, why don't you deliver a good time with The Spin Cycle? Cool. About ready? Yeah, ready to roll. Okay, here we go.
Big train, big train, do you want to ride my big train? Thank you. 
thank you so much for your fucking righteous spin what, what what brought on what what, what provide the impetus the inspiration the motivation and you doing what you just did urinals yes <laughs> that started it off and then and then I was bummed that I missed a hell ride last night I wanted to go over to Long Beach and see you wow. guys and so I, I started with the uh, after that little little porno so we oh, got right uh, right because that's why I first played with Peter Burke and Burke. Peter and then uh, I had a little Watt and then just kind of filled in the blanks. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, Peter and Perk, the, the wonderful pyro was the first time I helped another band out. I, uh, actually, I was on a Sacco Trust worker where the bass player bailed out the night before the recording, the live recording, but I'd never he'd been like a side mouse. That was my first time. Mm -hmm. Interesting guys. <laughs> was that before Banyan? Banyan was Perkins' band that he started in the 90s. Right. Oh, this later 90s. This is later. This was 96 when I did this. I did three tours with them. I wore like a caftan. <laughs> Last night was cool. Last night, yeah, I blew a lot of clams. I'm going to do better tomorrow. It's been a while, and I got really beat, man. Thank God it was seven miles. I don't know why that did beat the fuck out of me. Does that happen to you guys? Oh, we got to get yeah. back to the story. <laughs> uh, second EP, Black Hole, I'm a Bug, White... I'm white middle class. White middle class. And ack, ack. And ack, ack, ack. Finally. Keep going. Ack. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> Which was a bitching record. Uh, I liked. Now this, uh, on the other record, was it typewriter? Because this one's label maker, right? That's correct. Do you, do you remember these, Brother Matt? They were like a little gun. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The alphabet, yeah. And you squeezed it out. You squeezed <laughs> them out. You squeezed them out. And that's the, I, I love that, mot uh, whatever, that aesthetic motif, whatever. It's beautiful, and that, and you can actually see pictures of. <laughs> yes, you can. We did and it right. In fact, some interesting haircuts. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hair. But I mean, that, that is such a difference between the other uh, dealio. What we were talking about. Yeah, and it was only like six months or so. But later. you know what? I've noticed about the old days, things changed a lot quicker. Nowadays, things can go five, ten years and kind of stay the same. In those days, man, six months did mean yeah. the difference. Yeah, but six months was also, it felt a lot longer than it actually it did, was. It did. Because I think it was in the moment, you know? Yeah. There was no, uh, it hadn't got orthodox. Right. It's all like... You're still discovering it. Yeah, because we looked, we looked at a history of uh, all of our shows. Kathy, John's wife, had kept like a... a calendar with all of our so we could look back and say oh we played this show because I mean I remember playing like feeling like we never played like we could never get shows we were never playing enough and then we looked at it, it was like every couple weeks we were doing a show and I was like oh but that in the time I was like god we can't get it remember Blackies oh yeah because yeah. I saw you guys there yeah uh, in fact that's how I found Peaks was seeing urinals at Blackies because right that's just that's right that's right Wells yeah, chili dog in each hand. <laughs> Mr. Welch, how are you, young man? I'd shake your head, but I'm busy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. George Duke, too. He had one in each hand. Yes, that's how you did it. Remember, there was a dude there a long time named Johnny worked back behind there. They didn't have lines in those days. Yeah. But, uh, so you did play a lot more than you thought. Yeah. So what that means, I think, too, because of the sound of the second record, is the the proficiency, yeah. mm -hmm. which who gives a fuck anyway. But there is something there, and it must have come from the gigs. And you were saying uh, off air there that you had another drum set. Are yeah. you guys using separate amps? Oh, yeah. Yeah. At this and point. And you recorded at the school. 
recorded at the soundstage at the UCLA Film School. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like where they do Foley and shit for the movies? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. okay. And a real engineer, I mean, a real sound engineer. Yeah, yeah. And it's great, but you know what? I love the first one, too. You know, no wine before it's time. <laughs> Orson Welles, right? Yeah. Uh, Masson with the scrub yeah, top. That's right. Two buck chuck. Uh, how was that received? Oh, much better. People started to take us a little because bit more seriously. Because I read a big thing in it in Slash. Yeah. I think Jeffrey Lee may have written that. Ranking Jeffrey Lee. Excuse me. <laughs> Ranking Jeffrey Lee. I tell people that they can't believe it. I mean, because the dude was in the sky. <laughs> Truth be told. Well, it was the, it in Japanese. And he was like the president of the Blondie fan club, too. Oh, I know. With, uh, and, and his buddy, uh, beautiful guy, got, just got to play with, you know, the, his new band's uh, Monkey Birdman. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was the Ramones fan club guy. Is that right? Yeah, he was in Gun Club and he played with Jeffrey, you know, with the yes. eyebrows. Yes. Beautiful, <laughs> I love him. I can't remember. He's living in D.C. now. Kid Congo. Yes, Kid Congo Power. Yes. yes. Uh, okay, here's a, here's, a, here's a little factoid for you. Kid right. Congo was in a band with Sally Norvell called Congo Norvell. She used to be married to Phil Tolstead, my ex-roommate, who was the Huns singer. So it all is kind of weirdly connected. Parallel universes, brother. It is. It's magical. Don't fuck with karma. Whatever. Don't let karma fuck with you. Karma whales. Okay, so this like brings a profile of the band up. Yeah, yeah. So the stuff Vetus was talking about, you make a record, now it makes sense because it does give the band another dimension. Mm -hmm. You start playing gigs, um, you make a third one. Mm -hmm. Oh, was Vetus involved with the second one? Yes, he was. He was producing. As a producer man, he ain't a knob man. Correct. Yeah. So now this third one is uh, uh, Last Song. And uh, And Sex. Yeah. Go Away Girl and Sex. Right. Go away, girl's the last song. Yeah. yeah. And sex is a urinal song. And then there's some tones. And we're back on the dough quarter at this point. Right, right. I was going to ask that because yeah. it sounds. Sound. But it's different than the first one because it's different instruments. Yeah. Except the toy stuff. And we're playing in a small space. We were in a weight room in the dormitory. What was the idea of doing that, though? We needed a space to record it. And it was <laughs> no, I mean the record. What is the idea of the record? To record it, we needed a third record. <laughs> yeah, it was, just, it was time to put out a we third, third record. We, we ain't got yeah. one, so let's use Joe Nolte's. <laughs> right, you just love the two. Oh no, yeah, we liked it. it yeah. I mean, I that, liked it too. The, the last they were that was their punk song, punk yeah. song, and I think David had a hand in it, or he sang it when they performed it live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was an England drummer guy that had a punk thing too. He was crazy. I loved it. Oh, yeah, Bobby oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Reynolds. Yeah, he passed away. Joe told yeah, me. Yeah, he did. But he had, I thought that was like... And we were you know, going to... That other single's good too, the, 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 the explosion, what they call the album. Hell Explosion. Single, that's recorded. Yeah, that's good. good. Right, right, that right, album right. is so that I stink in it. Up. And I love Joe and I had him on the show. I had him open for me here with the third opera. You know Joe lives in Pedro, right? Yeah. Beautiful. So, okay, because you just like your, your fans. Yeah, yeah. You know who was big fans too? Actually helped get the Descendants started was those guys. No, they were Stevenson. They were trying to write yeah. last songs. They were really supportive. It was wonderful that they were willing to, you know, put it, put some energy into what we were doing and and the Descendants as well. And, and yeah, so supportive. I mean, booking us for shows when nobody else would book us. Yeah. And 
And they introduced us to Black Flag, I think. Now I'm thinking of, uh, you talk about opening for people, but it ain't the urinals. I see you open for Rocky Erickson. It was 100 Flowers. And the name has changed. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted to wait for the third hour, but fuck that. (laughs) Let's get to it right now. The name gets changed. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it does. All right, so, you know, we were getting more proficient, as you can tell from the second. The four, and then the fourth record comes out. The Presence of Mind single. Right. 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 Yeah. With this new name. That was about 84? That was earlier. Oh, 81? 82? I'm going to say 81 or 82. 82, yeah. Because I see you guys open up the whiskey for the... For Rocky, yeah. Doing heroin. Yeah, he did. Uh, Lou Reed. Do you remember? Uh, I do not. That was Captain Hat or something. Yeah, that was wild. But you guys, you had another name, and that blew me and D Boone away. It was like, whoa! But then D Boone found out it was from a Mal book. So mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he's okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I mean, we'd gotten kind of into this trap where we were playing with a lot of hardcore bands because we were the urinals. Yeah, and the hardcore fans were just not really into us. Yeah, and but we couldn't get. Hardcore guys were very young too. Yeah, another almost another social thing. Yeah, it was like yeah, different, a whole different strategy. Yeah, we had the Minutemen had the same thing. It influenced us, so we played really fast. Yes, we would always play a lot faster because <laughs> it's like we got to get out of here for one, and then yeah, just we got to. Ma- was their thing? They, we got to match up with this energy. It was older days they'd be doing pop Warner football, and so they're using this testosterone. Right. All the girls, well, they they not even showing up. Right. Wow. Yeah. There's no girls. Remember when almost every punk band had a lady, and then the whole scene changed. Nothing against those cats, but it was just different dynamics. Yeah. So you think by making the name change? Well, I think that was part of what we felt like we're getting, you know, pigeonholed. And with, there was places like the Starwood. We were apparently on the unofficial list of bands that would never play there. Yeah. And we were on some lists like that. We were called Violent SST Band. <laughs> yeah. The so you know, what gets us into the whiskey fear. Okay. <laughs> right. And going to Senka Lee, you know, and John Belushi said, "What the fuck?" And you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Whoa>, maybe later. <laughs> yeah, it was trippy. It was the first time, like, but so you could avoid the fucking uh, censorship. So what was happening was you were running into shit before you even got heard. Yeah, yeah, that, that's really frustrating. So I understand why you change the name, and then the album comes out, which was really, really bitching. Yeah. Now what was that done? That was done in uh, Orange County Recorders. Uh, Randy Burns. Manhattan. Uh, no. What no, did but I think Mike Patton did the Minutemen there. Oh, maybe so. Randy Burns did it. He later worked with, like, Megadeth or somebody. I think, I think he so. He had a studio, and we One were... One was Casbah, I know that, but... We were doing, um, Hell Comes to Your House, the compilation. Okay, right. And those guys put us into the studio. And we recorded three tracks. They used one. We got to keep the other two. And we liked it so much, we decided to do the whole album there. What were those people called? Uh, Green Bemis or- Brain. Bemis Brain, but then they got hooked up with the Green World. Green and World, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Striper. I had to see Berlin. them playing the warehouse there. Yeah. And the guy, the singer man, comes up to me after the gig. He goes, you know, I'm working for the man, too. He's the main man. Oh. <laughs> Set you straight. I was like, well, yeah. I know, fix my little way. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> Get me the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Can be flatterer. <laughs> churl. And that's what you should just say, churl. <laughs> Scoot it away, you know. <laughs> okay, so 
But you had a buttload of tunes to do there. Mm -hmm. So you guys had really worked up the repertoire because, you know, before that record, I didn't hear a lot of them tunes. Now, maybe it was my lack of enough gigs, but... Uh, um, most of those were were done live, a lot. A, a few of them were, we came up with in the studio. Okay. They okay. were instant. Because later, I, I heard them all, yeah. Yeah, was. yeah. But I didn't, maybe I just didn't recognize, I didn't know what the fuck. Well, you know, we love that album. We sounded so different on that record from our live presentation. Our live presentation was a lot more aggressive. Yeah, of course, of course. And then you think that was Randy Burns, the engineer? He was engineering it, yeah. yeah. And Vetus was producing again. Oh, Vetus, okay. Mm -hmm. Did a really good job. Really yeah, good. Vetus had a hand in production on every recording except for Drawing Fire. Okay. He wasn't available for that, those sessions. Unavailable. Hems. Uh,. Did it work? But did changing the name work? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, we did discover that, and this is part of the reason why we changed back to the urinals, is that we were always formerly the urinals. It was always Hunter Flowers, formerly the urinals. <laughs> and so it's That's like, right. so what's the point of being formerly the urinals if it, we're always going to be formerly, I mean, so it's just, fuck, fuck it, let's just be the urinals. And by that time... There were so many other outrageous names, bands, and stuff that urinals seemed almost like, you know, like retro kind of like. Isn't that sweet? They're the urinals. With the band in San Francisco, they were called Uncle Bob Touched Me. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how Uncle Bob feels about that. <laughs> yeah, but actually, there's nothing weird. Well, there's something weird. There's some weird Technically, stuff. there's nothing you know. like you know. Well, that's nice. Brush the side next to the Christmas tree. Uncle, the, Uncle Bob. The, the fruitcake, you know. You know, he cares. <laughs> so, Mike, you know, the, the funny thing about switching back and forth between urinals, hundred flowers, and urinals, yeah. is when you're hundred flowers, you're formerly the urinals, but then when you change back, you get to put a sticker on the record that says formerly 100 flowers. <laughs> so you never lose that fucking Never do. Yeah. <laughs> There's no escape. <laughs> yeah. Well... Luckily, I don't have to say formally the bright orange band. <laughs> I remember my mom, get my mom, hey, you sign these, sold these big letters on my jacket? Really? Yeah, but no dots, so people think my name's Bob. Bob. <laughs> like when it's, like, <laughs> Peyton and Pete from my base, like nobody, like North of Carson, knows, so they thought my name was Peyton bro. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, we're at the end of the second hour, um, February 20th, it's the last day. Yeah. Now, 29th, right? No leap. Year, every fourth? Yeah, no leap. But that's when I had the surgery, right? Oh, 15 years ago. Yeah, wow. Died. Man. Wow, that's 15 years ago. I went to visit it every four years. Oh, that's good. on leap day. Yeah. So the other four. Oh. <laughs> okay, so hold tight for hour. Three. February 20th, 2015. It's third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
There's another lady, too, I play a lot of her stuff. But Henry Robbins, in fact, turned me on. Clara Rockwell. That's the other one. And I think that was actually the protege, right? Yeah. And he wasn't doing KGB stuff. Right. <laughs> he was teaching her. <laughs> yeah. His life story is incredibly strange. He was like in gulags and shit. There's a documentary about and there, that. And he did spy equipment. Yeah. Uh, then Toby Dammit with uh, Number One Famous. That's uh, the last two years yeah. of drumming. Yeah. Stooges. He's there in Berlin. And Bullets or Balloons from uh, Let's Shuffle, brand new album. They're out of Spokanistan. Or also called uh, The Little Town of Bethlehem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never, they told me. I, I, don't, I, I, I love every town. They got fucking waterfowls down in the middle of the. Gonzaga, right? The Catholic. Uh, urinals, The Girl Before. Finished it up. The first block. The third hour, onward with the story, where we just did the name game. Then there comes the like the personnel game, the change. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and to me this was like bigger than the name change, <laughs> a little bit. And uh, I guess Kelby became a lawyer. He was going to law school during the Hundred Flowers period. Yeah, so yeah. he was. He had a lot on his plate. Right, right, right. So, and we were not getting along. There was always, yeah, a little bit of. And then and maybe he moved to OC. No, he was originally from OC. Oh, he was okay, but but he wasn't living because he was campus. The what you call it, West Loyola. His college, I mean, his law school was Loyola. Yeah, no, but Westwood, where you guys met. Yeah. Right. That world, much 
away from. Well, yeah. he, he moved to the Rhino. He moved to Santa Monica. <laughs> right. I think he was living in Santa Monica when we were okay. playing. So, you know, things like that happen. But sure. he brought in another cat, and I can't remember his name. Rod Barker? Rod. That was... We broke up, okay, in, yeah, nine, sure. in 83. 83. And then we got back together in 96 yeah, with yeah, Kel. Yeah. We started out with you getting back together with Kel. Yeah, we did two no, years. No, but when I did that gig with you at the uh, Shitting Factory mm-hmm. in Hollywood, that was the draw. Yeah. yeah. He had been in 10 Foot Faces. That's it. That's the man I was trying to remember. That's right. Fuck. Surf. With surf band. All these guys. There was this whole thing. The Rad. And, well, of course you were in that. And, uh, there was a circle of people. Okay, so for 13 years you didn't play. And then we didn't time, play in urinals. I mean, yeah, did the, the, playing in other stuff. Because I know I was just. I was in Radways. You went over to uh, Radways. And Trotsky Ice. Trotsky Ice. You were in Radways. Radways, yeah. And then God in the state. Uh, I heard Rod and Waze back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe we're playing. We're playing a show with you as a matter of fact. Besides Michael, that's coming up, right? Yeah, June. Uh, when you get back from tour. Yeah. Besides Michael, the other weird thing you parted out the drum kit. That dude played kit. Uh-huh. Uh, Debbie. Debbie plays like snare. floor tom. Floor tom, you were snare. I was snare, yeah. They parted out the kick to different yeah. dudes. Some trippy guy was the kick guy. <laughs> Rob, yeah. Rob, Rob. Rob. I hope he's okay, man. Oh, he's he great. He is, yeah, he's yeah, great. great, because he lived wild. Yeah. No, he's he's doing very well right now. Yeah. He's married, he's got, he's doing, yeah. Sometimes that don't work well but I'm glad it is. No, he got it, he got it, all, <laughs> he got it all squared away. Uh, so these guys were doing other musics, but then you come back to find each other in, in 93. 96. 96, I'm sorry, 13 yeah. years after you break up. Mm-hmm. And there was gigs with Kel. Mm-hmm. Two years. Okay. But then, like, no. Same was, thing. Was there any recall? Oh. So, like, nothing got repaired. Everything was, it was weird. It was you like. Just kicked the can down. Yeah. <laughs> was there any recording in those two years? We did some demos, but... Is that the wood one? Yeah. Oh, that's 98. Um, the wood one was with Rod, uh, right? Yeah, because it says 98 on it. Yeah. It's no, that's actually with, the year. I'm sorry, that's with Cal. That's with Cal? Yeah. The one with Rod was the one with the uh, three of us at Cal. And that still makes two years, because 96, 98. Yeah. Because yeah. you gave me one. It's got like wood burn. That's right. I, did that, I did that with a little uh, soldering iron on a piece of, on a piece of plywood. Yeah, that, that was, um, what do you call it? DIY. Clever. <laughs> Resourceful. Yeah, DIY. Walt Whitman was fucking DIY. <laughs> 1850 fucking five. Twelve poems to try to stop the Civil War. When they talk about traditional and old values, why doesn't that shit get wrong? Yeah. <laughs> why, why stars and bars and shit like that? Oh, people love that stuff. Well, I like... I sing the body fucking electric. Contradict myself, so I can't. it's on the fucking Brooklyn Bridge. You know, I, I am vast. I can't could, something about multitudes. contain contradictions. Yeah, multitudes. multitudes yeah, or something like that. Vast. <laughs> vast. Um, let's hear uh, unblackmailable. <laughs> yeah, what a trip. You know, I haven't asked you about what any of these songs are about, no, but I'm going to get into this. It's uh, top this secret. Music. Not not this song, but just the songwriting process. All right. Oh.
Yeah.
Black Hole Urinals, Cotton Candy, name the band. They're out of Sao Paulo. Patrick Butler, Sender. Did you ever get to play with Unstoppable? No. Yeah, the guys had no, like, yeah. sweat pants with their name on them and they had cordless guitars. Well, now he's doing jazz. I heard about this guy. <laughs> yeah. Nels will tell you. Nels had a wave band called Block. I remember about this. They had the Bowie thing with my hair on one side. <laughs> it's a really good one. Leaving, Like, and then what would he call that? Fretless? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. <laughs> and there we go. Uh, up, up with Idea at Tokyo and Urinals in Sami. Tell me something about the songwriting process, how it started at the beginning. Even though we're way past the beginning. At the beginning, we didn't even think about the songwriting process. It's just, yeah, there's it different names. Sometimes I see the song thoroughly instinctual. It just came out. You'd have you'd have a song in half an hour. You know, it didn't require any sort of thought. Did the group come together? No, no, we were all writing individuals. Yeah, and we would bring the material in, and then we'd teach it to one another. Sure. So, yeah, and it was kind of like me and Debo, because it was not like I always <laughs> I developed a rule about you couldn't you can't come in with a drum part. Do not come in with a drum part for this song because I'm going to play what I'm going to play, and I because it would make I would always get intimidated when someone would say, and if they would say, well, I want it to be like chunk chunk chunk, whatever they would say would be like, I can't do that. Yeah, it's like I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what I can do. I will write that part. You come in everything else you can come in with, but there no that is a rule. No drum parts come in because it was yeah. That's what you started. Sorry, but it was just his cut. rule. That was my rule, yeah. <laughs> but you, we said, didn't listen. I said you. <laughs> yeah. okay. But did any of that stuff evolve down the road? Oh, yeah. Everything evolves. Yeah. Sure. Right, right. Yeah, after a while, you realize, okay, this uh, it, it becomes... The more you learn, the longer you've been doing it, the more you're aware of the process, and you start to take it more seriously. And now it <laughs> takes forever to write a song, because I really... I really want to get it okay, right. Okay, let's, let's take up this album here. Yeah. How are these songs written? Well, this album, Rob... Do you, do you guys like me demos? Have you evolved that far? Um, yes, we do. That helps communicate the idea, sure, sure. the essence of the song sure. to the rest of the, the band, right? So Rob will do a demo, or I'll do a demo. Uh, I've been going out to Kevin's place in 29 Palms and doing demos once a year. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do some songwriting, and, and that's how I do it. I compose on a on a machine because um, I can't read music and I don't know the names of the notes it's all, it all has to be in the form of a sound file um, so yeah but now it's a much more interactive process in that when a song is brought into the band I'll bring something in or Rob will bring something in and usually music and lyrics oh shit you know what I fucked up how did we get from Rod to Rob oh okay well Rod uh, <laughs> Rod recorded what is real and what is not and um, we played for several years and um, went to China and played a music festival in Beijing in 2005. And that was, that was stressful. And he left the band shortly after we came back to the States. And then you changed your name again. When Rob Roberge came into the band in 2005. He became the Chairs of Perception. He became the Chairs now, of Perception. Now, what was perception. that? Because you might have been known both as... Formula urinals and formulas. <laughs> we hadn't acquired enough formulas. <laughs> yeah, we needed more formulas. <laughs> I think we weren't sure. It was. It was just kind of. Oh, a, you think it was going to have a different persona? Yeah, yeah. Of the third, new third we, band. Okay, that makes good sense. We were kind of keeping our options open to just to see what would happen. 
because we didn't know what Rob was going to bring into the band. Sure. Um, and there was a certain tension. No, no, you guys didn't run ads in the recycler. Just, no, no, no. This is I took personal buddies. I took a writing class from Rob. Right, he's right. Extension, UCL Extension, and we st- we grew immediately connected on music. Okay. And, uh, and how, how did you meet Rod? Oh, gosh, how did I meet? Oh, you know, we uh, I was distributing some 10-foot faces records, okay. and he wanted to get some, so he came, he lived in Mas- Pasadena as well. So okay. uh, I think I ran into him at a pub, and he mentioned that he wanted to purchase some. And we got his oh, yeah, there's one called the Old... Was it Town Pump? Or Old Town Pub. <laughs> right. It used to be some ladies' name. It used to be the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> no. I remember playing a place downtown when it was heavier, and it was an old union hall. You remember this place? It had like 40-foot ceiling. Oh, the worst sound in the world. It was hard to play Pasadena in the old days. Yeah. But I've done several Old Town Pump gigs. I should be not. When? Recently? Uh, not the last year and a half, oh, okay. but maybe like the last three years. Yeah, we were we played there in the fall. I think. Yeah. yeah, the PA like ones on the yeah. bar. Yeah, <laughs> there's one speaker. <laughs> but what the fuck? Twenty feet behind up. the bar. Yeah, <laughs> the TV's going all by. Yeah, the, yeah, that's exactly and right. Fermi's next to the window. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Lane Parker though, down the alley too on the wheels. Is yeah. Okay, so. So now back to the songwriting thing. So Riley, you want to investigate people's perceptions of what you bring to the thing, and then they weigh in. It's, it's more collaborative. It is the arrangements. The arrangements are much more collaborative. Right. So how long did, before you got to this album here? How long did you spend? Is it the longest you ever spent on a record? Um, the this what is real took a long time. This that one took, took a long. This one probably took a little bit longer. Yeah, it took a long time to write the stuff and. Uh, where did you record? We recorded at Mike Mart's place. Yeah, Greenhouse. Long yeah. yeah, Long Beach. And Vitas came over there. No, no, we. So I produced it. This one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because you told me the only one he wasn't involved in. Uh, I'm sorry, of the early days. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. You. That's very late. No, the guest brother. Matt. You know, after we broke up, uh, everything since then, uh, Vitas has not been involved with. He's he's still doing Trotsky stuff, but uh, not urinal stuff. Okay, okay. Uh, and yeah, the name of the the, the the title of the album. Next year at Marion Bad. Yeah, that's good, kind of an enigma wrapped in a tampon. It, and a, yeah, with a piece of bacon around it. <laughs> dipped in chocolate. Yeah. Sprinkled things. I mean, okay. I, I kind of knew because I know it's a Europe name. Anything but bad is Roman. Town. Right. Well, it's, it's a reference to a film. Oh, really? Yeah. That's right. People, we didn't say that. Why they were at UCLA. You guys are film dudes. Kevin right? and I are film students. We're film students. But you know what? I've always thought, looked at my songwriting as making little films. Mm-hmm. And that's why I start with titles. I need the focus because I'm mm-hmm. trying to, everything's got to aid and abet. Yeah. And I ain't together enough. So I need the it's fucking a, title. It's a very similar impulse, I think. But you know, this next record I'm making, it's going to be something you can whistle at work it's a whole different thing I'm not going to start with titles it's a whole you know that's I gotta say I appreciate the fact that every one of your albums the ones with your name on them your solo records have have a different perspective have a different strategy and they sound different and I really appreciate the fact that you keep mixing it up and making it fresh for yourself 
good uh-huh. fresh challenges yeah but because i'm from this culture you guys were from that that punk scene yeah you were always waiting for the next record you were <laughs> waiting for the next rerun you know right. my sister's at home watching i love lucy and my mom loves perry mason like god damn we've seen these motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> the dude ain't gonna lose i think he did lose one <laughs> yeah once and she's gonna have a nightmare and have to explain to Ricky. And, and, and <laughs> I like the, the thing that came out of our scene. Here it is, please, boys.
Why for Peter Show last music for the this edition? Urinals tear my city down. Uh, Pale Angels uh, Lapin Lapin. I think that's a New Jersey Welsh band. Uh, Combi uh, Twofer. Um, distraction by a noon A N U N dash A E. All right. <laughs> noon A. Anyway, uh, Jeff James for Jeff there. He, uh, this cat had me play bass. His buddy passed away. Right. Although you can't hear it, but I'm there in spirit. And then finally, the song is Virus and Hurdles. Uh, shit. I ask everybody this at the end. If someone just getting into this racket asks you for advice. Well, what do they want out of it is the question. If they're going to be, if they're thinking they want to get into it to be wealthy, Superstars, I would advise against it. You have to love it. You have to realize you're doing it for yourself. Yeah, that's good advice. And you, yeah, you have to be prepared. You almost have to look forward to being hated because you, if you're not if you're not hated at first, I don't think you're doing anything worth doing. You're fitting in too good. Yeah, and I mean, because we we totally developed our own thing because nobody took us seriously and nobody people laughed at us and they thought it was a joke and so we were just like okay fuck it we're just gonna obviously we're not gonna be stars so we we can just do whatever we want because it doesn't people are gonna hate us anyway you were huge stars in our universe (laughs) that's the thing you don't know yeah you don't why not go with your dudes right give the good shove because if you, yeah, there are people laughing at us. So what? We'll just we're gonna just do what we do, and if they don't like it, that's we don't. Obviously, you cats are in it for the long haul, so there <laughs> must be some kind of advice there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's you. Probably even if you want to be a good skateboard rider, you know, if you fall down, get back up. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it, we fell down a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I just heard about it. You know, we built a skate park. Well, actually, me and some longshoremen got together and built the first two parks, but then the city built one. 50 kids going at it with their skateboards. I bet it'll close the park down. That shit happens. Please. That's beautiful advice and even better advice, if I may say so, to suggest you show by example. Hey, I got to say one thing. I got to say happy birthday to Tom Hofer. Yeah. Uh, Ex leaving trains, Trotsky (laughs) Iceberg. Happy birthday (laughs) to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tom. Oh, just Tom? All right. Tom. Tom. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again, Kevin John. Beautiful. Brother Matt. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's been the February 28th, 2015 edition of the Show. Keep your powder.